0: Hi there, it's editor and producer Maya here. I just need to say a few things before we begin this week's episode. First of all, this episode contains mentions of eating disorders, mental health, as well as blood and gore. So if those topics affect you, I would recommend skipping this episode. Secondly, there are a few minor audio glitches in this episode. I apologize that I was unable to edit them out. And last thing from me, this episode is slightly longer than usual, about 30 minutes longer. So grab a snack, stay well hydrated and enjoy Freya and Daphne. Welcome to this episode. Today I'm with Daphne, a special little guest. I wanted to get Daphne on today to talk about being perceived because I feel like this is an important topic, especially with the media that we're surrounded by today yeah i wanted to, i feel like she has a lot to say on it yeah i have some words. okay so daphne is my friend from school we've been friends for ages yeah i think it's been like five years in it like it's been so long yeah so we went to the same school for a while and then you moved in 2018 20- yeah and we year. eight yeah yeah, the end of year eight, beginning of year nine, and then we did we, we stopped being friends for a year or something. Yeah, it was a while, and we needed a break for yeah. So we took a break from being friends, and now we're friends again, and, and we are strong as ever. Okay, so we I also felt it was important to bring Daphne on today to talk about being perceived, especially as a teenage girl in this Day kind of, of age. Society. In it, yeah. So, what do you feel causes maybe most of your insecurities? What do you feel like you question in it? So, what do you feel like you take it? What kind of media causes most of your insecurities? Like, what media platform? Probably Instagram or TikTok. Yeah, because I think it's harder to be um, affected too bad by like something like Snapchat. Yeah. Just since it's so, like, hard to actually find decent, decent people around yeah, that aren't your friends. Yeah, you're looking less like the word. Yeah, well, because I well, think actually. if you're affected badly by something right. like Snapchat, it would be you're comparing yourself to other people. That yeah. Instead of, which is, Influent which would be more of a deep-reared problem. Yeah. With, like, your personality and how you perceive yourself. Yeah. Then... So, Instagram. So, it, probably Instagram and TikTok. Probably TikTok mostly. i mean, I have deleted. Just, no, I deleted TikTok. I've downloaded it. Oh. Um, and I've had it for, like, I'd say. How do you think that's affected you? Oh, massively. Really? No, like, like, I've really noticed a difference. Like, maybe two weeks I've had it back. And I really enjoy creating, like, I do, like, little vlogs sometimes. Yeah. are yeah, interesting. I think that's so fun. And I think that side of TikTok is so fun. But it's just realising, like, the amount of just. Nitpicking that happens on TikTok, and I think the algorithm tends to lean more towards people that are showing their body more. Yeah, so definitely it's more easier to find that kind of content. Yeah, like you, you, people go viral on TikTok just for looking pretty. Yeah, exactly. If they have a nice face, yeah. and I, fu- I don't know about you, but I find myself like saving TikToks of girls that look pretty yeah, and how they do their makeup and stuff. And then I'll go back and look at it and be like, why the fuck did I save this? Yeah, or like, how do I make? My face look like that. How do I do my makeup? Yeah. Like, and then I realize, oh, it's just how they. That's just their face. Yeah, but like, it's just how my face looks. Yeah. I'm not gonna look like that. But it's not just face. It's also like body and people's yeah. lives. Like, yeah. personality. Personality was a big one for me. Okay, it used to be. Yeah, because it's you know how you're perceived, personality wise, and then how you're perceived By, visually. Yeah. It all adds up. I think, because I think the impression and the impact that I have on other people used to be a big thing for me. And how thinking about how each individual person would then <clears throat> would then think about me, like, after we've left. Yeah, even if it's just, like, one yeah. encounter. Because then I'd, like, overthink about how I acted and everything I said to them, every everything, like, body language-wise. Yeah, for sure I do that. And how they perceived me that way and how... Just overanalyzing yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you can want to be the right balance of funny, but also not oversharing. Yeah, and you want to just be, like, chill and, like, Endurable to be around, yeah. but then you don't want to complain about anything because people who complain aren't fun to be around. Exactly. And they want to make a balance of being mysterious at the same time. Yeah, want because kind of is the whole romanticized thing of being yeah. like this cool, like... I think that definitely comes from TikTok as well. 100%. Like just romanticizing everything that shouldn't be romanticized. Yeah. The the day. Just trying to be like... The perfect person that you think everyone wants you to be. Yeah. And you can lose yourself in that. Because I think a thing about social media is the fact that like you get to choose what you put on there You get to choose you don't know whether the person that has just posted something just woke up. Yeah. And is in their like morning skinny phase. And do they actually look like that? Have they got some filler and you just you don't know. And like even for me, like the days I choose to post on my TikTok The ones I choose to vlog are always the ones where I'm actually doing something interesting. But it's easy to think that every day of my life is like that and it's definitely not. There's a lot of times where I just lay in bed and rot all day. (laughs) Obviously I don't make a TikTok out of that. No. That's that's just weird. Yeah. But yeah, I think TikTok is definitely whilst Instagram is you can, I feel like it's easier to figure out what's fake. Yeah, definitely. Instagram. Because it's more people. Yeah. Because I don't When I use Instagram, I use it. I follow people I know I don't really follow, people that I don't. And like influencers, I normally do that on TikTok, which is why I think TikTok is such a big deal for me because that's where I hardly follow anyone I know on TikTok. And if I do, I scroll right past it because I'm not looking for that kind of content on TikTok. Yes, I think But I feel a lot of people also follow influencers on instagram like yeah. i think we're in the minority of people yeah. who don't follow influencers mm-hmm. i mean like people like kardashians models like, i think Twitter. I think of twitter yeah if we're thinking twitter as in and we're ignoring tumblr <laughs> and <laughs> tumblr's like i think twitter is probably pinterest as well like as much as i hate to yeah ads, i think like it's hard to see Pinterest as a social media. Yeah, which I think is why people ignore it. Yeah, but Pinterest is horrible because you spend your whole life thinking, or like every day thinking, is this gonna do? do I look like a Pinterest What's life picture? Like, yeah. What I'm doing right now? Picture? Am I living a Pinterest life right now? Yeah. Am I being hashtag Tumblr? In it? No. <laughs> Hopefully not because it doesn't exist in real life. So Tumblr actually got deleted, didn't it? No. I don't think it got deleted. I think they just started restricting a lot more things on that. Okay, because I'll go onto the App Store. I can't find it. Oh. <clears throat> no. Oh, I can, I have it downloaded on my phone. Yeah, I feel like you had it downloaded and they took it off the App Store mm-hmm. and then anyone who still had it was able to get yeah. it. Because you can find it. it online if you like, just use it through the web. You can But I think Tumblr is like Reddit, how they're doing what they did to Tumblr to Reddit now. Right. How on Tumblr you used to be able to post anything. Like nothing was looked over. There were no moderators pretty much. No. You could post whatever you wanted. So I think that's why it had such a big impact on people, especially with eating Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. And like body, that was a really big deal on it then. Which is also how Reddit is, but I think Reddit is more, like, gory stuff. Yeah. You know? But now that's all being taken off Reddit and Reddit is becoming a lot more okay. looked over. So I think social platforms are definitely getting more... ...picky about what yeah. they keep up. Yeah, I think there's you have your Snapchat, your Instagram, your TikTok, and then there's a whole other side of it. It's that kind it's of like, like that under it. the iceberg, like in the water. And because it's like, that's where they get away with so much more yeah. stuff, like... Twitter's like off the words guidelines are, yeah. are completely fucked. Yeah. I remember being younger and just seeing the craziest shit on there. Yeah. It's very unwatched. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The eating side of Twitter is. Yeah. Because I have been on it before. I will shamelessly say, so, yeah, I've no, been no. there and it is is serious because then half the what they do on the eating disorder side of Twitter is put down other people. Yeah. And fat shame. And it's literally it's so fat phobic. It's pro anorexia. It's pro anorexia. As much as they say it's not, it 100% is because all they're doing is there's so many threads that I used to see that were just like, mid-sized bodies and it was like oh you don't want to look like this or like imagine I, if it was summer and you went out and you look like this yeah. and it was like oh I look like that just feed yeah look at this plus-size person who looks like yeah that and it's literally your body type yeah that I think that's also the reason why we can be so dysphoric about how we look mm-hmm. because that whole period of our lives where we were consuming that kind of media makes us think it it's such a vulnerable time yeah. for people at that age. If you're told on these platforms that your body is fat mm. and that is... It's such ugly, a good, yeah. as much as people say that it's not nowadays. Yeah. It just creates such like an image in your head that even though you may not be mm. and you may be a perfectly healthy weight or even... Or not healthy. Like really like underweight, you still see yourself as bigger because... Yeah. That's what you were constantly taught. One thing was also, they would post threads of like really underweight people yeah. next to normal, or not normal, but a healthy, average kind of body. So it would be like two friends just like playing or something, like just in a park or something. And one of them would be super underweight. Yeah. And it would just be like, look how fat the other person looked. Yeah. And I think like which one you would prefer. To yeah, play. the goal was always, and it was constant comparison for Like the goal was to look ill. Yeah, and to look sick. Yeah, it was the goal was to make other people worried for you, and that is so hard to get out of your head. Mm. It's almost the want to look sick like yeah. that, and that is horrendous to think about. But even up to this age, sometimes those thoughts creep back in. I feel like once you've been there, mm. it's so hard to you know completely recover yeah from that kind of thing because obviously nothing i don't think anything we had was diagnosed or anything no but they are thoughts that are scarily common yeah in teenage girls because of how much is on the media like mm-hmm. how much these like, are idolized, idolized yeah it. and i think especially in different cultures in the whole k-pop culture and like korean yeah that was amazing it's always it's like people that would be our average size would be fat for them over there even people with just bigger boobs would be considered fat just purely because they were a bigger size and even not necessarily that is generally what it's like over there it's just more how they've portrayed it yeah in the media could be too up there. yeah they're like this is actually how it It is in these parts of the world, but it might not actually be like that. And the bodies that look maybe more average size or what we consider average size Mm. are not as like public and not put out on the internet because of what they want us to see and what they want us to make our bodies look like. I think it's the same with like models and stuff like that. I think they have become like much more progressive yeah considering how they were but I think the whole lifestyle around being a model as well it's so idolized yeah and especially like the old kind of where they all just used to be all coke 24 7 which obviously makes you entirely skinny yeah I actually didn't know that yeah I thought cigarettes made you skinny cigarettes make you lose your appetite which is why people would do it as like a breakfast because then they wouldn't be hungry for a little bit and then they'd do it every time they felt hungry they'd have a cigarette because I think in some way especially if you haven't eaten it makes you feel a bit sick as well yeah like how models' bodies are idolised and all we see in magazines and shit are models' bodies exactly and they are most of the time some of the most unhealthiest bodies that exist especially back in the day (laughs) like when because that was all they saw obviously because social media didn't exist so the next thing they had was like magazines magazines and newspapers and stuff and if that's all you're seeing if that's the only body type you're seeing how are you supposed to not think that's what you want to look like yeah that's they're only going to put out the body that they think is the prettiest aren't they they're only going to yeah put out the bodies that society thinks or deems the best mm. to put on the front of the cover that everyone's gonna see so that just creates constant self-image difficulties and then same with which just leads on to how you feel about being perceived yeah so what would you say is like outweighs the other would you say it's personality or body image i think it's definitely subjective to yeah. each person but for me it was I think I've had more of a struggle with personality just because I felt for such a long time that I didn't have one. Yeah. I remember that. It was like, cause you were an entirely different person when I knew you in your seven and eight to the person you are now. Yeah. And it almost felt like for a while that i had lost you. I remember we were meeting up and stuff and I thought your new friends, you would, you weren't happy Mm. and you felt like you didn't fit in. Yeah. And I just remember thinking that you were changing your personality to fit them. I definitely was just a mirror for so long of we're like my whole development phase yeah. as like a young teen. Did you say you a mirror? Teenager? Yeah, just What a do you mean by that? I would pick someone. I would pick a friend group or pick a person and then just completely mirror them Yeah, about how they are just to exceed them. Idolised, yeah. yeah. And at one point, it was just picking someone that I liked. And idolized. Would just copy them. Yeah, and I was literally just I would copy exactly what they did. Yeah, and then I'd feel like I achieved something just because I who I wanted to be. Yeah, but then I think that was damaging quite a bit because it always made me feel like I was obviously always comparing myself to that person. Yeah. In everything you do. Exactly. It wasn't just like body. It was literally how I spoke, how I walked, how I interacted with people. Your body language. Yeah. It was constantly thinking, how would this person do it? Do it in this situation. I totally get that. And I think a lot of people think that once you find someone who you idolize, it may not even necessarily be someone who is big in the media. Like yeah. it might be. No, yeah, it's like exactly. someone that just. It would be going. like tiny little small creators as well. Yeah. Which, like, it kind of made me, because it kind of makes you think, what if you were that person? Because would you want to be an influencer if you knew that people were constantly comparing yourself to it? Yeah, that's an interesting yeah. perspective. I think it's just when you're, it's an age people don't really talk about, but it's an age yeah. where you're just so uncomfortable in yourself because you don't know who you are. Mm. You try and grasp onto the strings of anyone who looks like they do know who they yeah, are. It's just such a vulnerable age. Yeah. You know? And when you have things like Twitter and yeah. all these social media platforms, it becomes so much more dangerous because it's not just, you know, you're changing your personality to yeah. one of your friends. It's you. I, I feel like new. I would have been a lot worse, but my mum wouldn't let me have like social media and that kind of stuff yeah. until I was 13. No, I remember that. Yeah. And I remember how. Absolutely, just straw. I was. Yeah, I think that's such a difficult balance to find, isn't it? Because obviously, social media just causes nothing but grief. People can find some fun aspects in it, but the long-term effect is, especially at our age, yeah. And people who are younger than us downloading it. I first downloaded Instagram when I was like nine or yeah. eight. Because I remember looking back on your like really old posts, and they dated back older than that. I made multiple yeah. accounts. Like I, I've had Instagram for the longest time, and I think. That's why I'm really grateful though. Like now looking back on it, I think I would have been, could have been a lot worse. I think it's the lack of understanding though. Like Yeah. Obviously that is. our parents didn't have social media. Yeah, like they, had, they don't know how to approach it. And they don't know the exact parts of it. And it's only us now discovering that it can be this damaging. Yeah. That and us growing up and realising and being self-aware enough to realise the effects. Exactly. It, if our parents had known the impact that it could have had, and the vulnerability. Yeah. Like how vulnerable we were to these influencers and these social media platforms, they would have probably not let have limited us our it. access to. Yeah, but then at the same time, when you, you don't want to let your children have these social media platforms, yeah. you also don't want them to feel left out. Exactly. It doesn't. Everyone trusts them. them. Yeah. So it's like almost impossible to find. Yeah, therapy. yeah, I know it's completely off the subject, but it would be so hard to be a parent in that kind of yeah age, where it was like, this is a thing, but also you didn't grow up with it, but do you want to let your kids yeah. grow up with that and risk the effects it might have and Definitely. how exposed they now are to the world compared to how you were? It's such a difficult decision to have to make. Mm. And that's one of the negatives of the increase in social media and evolution and stuff like how everyone has mobile phones and if you don't have a mobile phone what are you doing yeah like where yeah because it's like a criminal thing like you're not looks just what the fuck are you doing you don't have a phone how are you even alive right now yeah like you're living under a rock i definitely think as well that girls download social media a lot earlier than boys and i've noticed i just remember being younger and all the girls having social media, but none of the guys really had it. Yeah, Or they just wouldn't have it to the extent that we would. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting kind of observation that no one really talks about. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's why, or it could be a reason why girls face more insecurity yeah. because they're there. Obviously, we don't know because we're yeah, both girls. not male. <laughs> <laughs> but I know guys definitely have insecurity. Yeah, but- 100%. Obviously, <laughs> it's not much easier for them as it is for us. No. But I think, plus, with just toxic, toxic masculinity, they've been able to like cover it up more. Yeah. So, from our point of view, it wouldn't seem like they do. Yeah. And I think about how women are socially, obviously, everyone's allowed to wear makeup, but socially, it's more acceptable for females to wear mm. makeup than males to try and cover up to cover up yeah. the insecurities. I think like without that outlet mm. how much more insecure maybe guys must be about being perceived mm. and how much more that insecurities show and they're not able to have that kind of opportunity to cover up. But it's all just unrealistic standards that we're held to that make us feel like we're being perceived in the wrong way. I think weren't. also on the topic of makeup I was so um not excited, but so determined to get makeup and wear it, put out on my face. I remember being like year seven and yeah, putting makeup on and people were like, are you wearing makeup? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Like what, what? I remember when I was in year six and I was doing like cubs, I used to, every Friday night I would have cubs and I would take my little makeup kit from Claire's and I would do oh. this thing on my lips or I would like put powder on my lips and then with bright red lipstick I'd only highlight oh, the middle <laughs> bit and the bottom bit. So it looked like a heart. Okay. But then at the same time it also made me look like I had tiny little dull lips. It was very dodgy, very weird. I'd also put on I had this roller powder pink eyeshadow I'd put on the top of my eyeshadow. Okay. I was obsessed with that. And then I got this this palette that had I was like, oh, you know how blush is meant to be pink? What if it's green? And then I just, <laughs> <laughs> I put like green. I must have an eyeshadow, but I use this blush. And then my dad was like, you look like a clown. And I was like, you're hurting my feelings. Oh my God. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> like, and you wore that to Cubs? No, I didn't wear the green eyeshadow to Cubs. Okay. To blush, but okay. I did wear like everything else. Do you ever think about that? People must have such a vivid memory of you in their heads as that kind and of And I reason. had a p- bright pink beanie okay. that I would love wearing to Cubs, mm. my uniform, my little green jumper and a bright pink beanie and my mascara because there was a guy that, there was a guy that there was, I liked, <laughs> there was a guy <laughs> that I liked and I wanted to impress him at the young age of 10 and 11. And you thought your bright pink beanie. And your, I thought my bright pink In the end of the day, it did. But a <laughs> you started for 10-year-olds, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was just strange. Like how, where I was of like, I having to appeal yeah, to the male gay. to change how you look at that age. I wasn't good enough, so I had to make dull on my eyeshadow noise, put on mascara, so my eyelashes were all good. I think also when we're younger, we determined to seem more grown up than we actually yeah. are. I just remember mature. Yeah, I remember... Being younger, and that's all I wanted. Like I wanted to be able to touch the bottom of the pool in the deep end. Like I just wanted yeah. to. I wanted to grow up as fast as I could. And everyone's like, "You don't want to grow up?" You want to say that? And I was like, "No, seriously." Yeah. Like I, because I remember how rewarding it used to be to like be cool, and mature. Like when yeah. I remember this one time really vividly, we were at a friend's house, and it was time to go. So mum told my everyone's mum told them there was time to go. And I was just like, okay, and started putting my shoes on I was like waiting at the door. But everyone else was like, like moaning to their parents. I think we were like nine. And everyone else was like, oh no, I don't want to go yet, like five more minutes. And then someone was like, oh my God, your daughter's too old. Yeah, just got up. She just got up and got your shoes on and just leave. Like it was time to go, so let's get out of here. Yeah, I think it's like wanting. It's probably just because I was like really insecure, like nervous and just like, <clears throat> introverted. Yeah. And I think, like, wanting adults' approval as well when you're younger. And wanting, like, adults to think you're cool. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Like, why do young kids think that? But I think it's just because, obviously, they've been through everything. Like, they have, as much as kids don't process the fact that they used to be their age at one point. Yeah. And that they haven't always just been this grown-up. Yeah. Like, they have gone through everything. And they have come out the other side. Yeah. I think, like... Definitely idolising adults 100%. in your life. But then wanting to be seen by them as, like, mature and stuff. Yeah. And I think, yeah, and you end up growing up too fast. Yeah, because I think that's definitely something that I did, is grow up too fast. Yeah. Like, I feel like even just being, like, more self-aware than I should be yeah. at a younger age. Which is, like, I, I just always felt like I could see things in a more transparent way that other people everything seemed more simple like in year seven I felt like everyone else saw things as more simple than me yeah and everyone else was saying it it as just like oh yeah we have school and we get up in the morning and we go to school I understand what you mean so hard. It's so no, no, I get it. Like so hard to you, but like, like you're using you everything in such detail. Yeah. Like like, like seeing everything. You're seeing everything in the future and yeah, like the impact of everything on the rest of your life. Like you're looking into detail about everything. Yeah. Whereas for everyone else it just seems like you're so much more in the moment. Yeah. And it I, makes everyone seem like that they just that whole thing of there was like this one clip I saw on TikTok, which is just like a mouse working. And then like the, the mouse trap activated, but then it just carried on working at a desk. Yeah. And it was just how like people are just like indoctrinated, like constantly be in the cycle. Yeah. Like just stuck in their ways, but never really question what they're doing and yeah. what it's for. And I felt like I was able to see the bigger picture again. Yeah. Or just think about it when you're younger. That sucks as well. We were both too mature for our age. Younger. I just remember getting told that a lot as because well. Because then I feel like it gives, it makes, it, it then requires later in life a lot of inner child healing that you have to do. Yeah, and constantly do. And if you're not able to recognize that something that's needed, then in later life for you, then you're constantly going to have something like a part of you missing because you never yeah. got to experience that childlessness, like living your life. Which is why it's important to do more things in the moment. Yeah. Okay, so... Back on topic. So, when I was younger, I remember feeling most insecure about my stomach. Yeah. That was the biggest insecurity I had. Okay, I'm going to work through my insecurity. I'm going to tell you. Okay, no, it. So, basically, my hands are a big insecurity of mine. Let's do it so you... Do okay, and agree. then I'll do my... Yeah. So, my hands are not like I wanted my head okay so obviously Twitter was not good for me exactly. in my head for a long time I had this image of ill people in my head yeah and that was my ideal body type like With, wanting because to because that's sick. when you're exposed to, and it's not good it's not a good feeling to have I didn't want to feel like right. that that's just how I felt yeah my hands are not the skinniest but that was a big insecurity of mine because I wanted them to be way skinnier. Yeah. Like I would search up YouTube videos of how to do hand exercises yeah, was... to make them skinnier. I wanted rings to fit better as well. Uh-huh. Like I had to get quite large size rings and my hands aren't that bad. And when my nails grow out, they're a lot nicer. Oh, yeah. but I think my nails fix every time I put Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about you and your hands? Uh, your yeah. hands are perfect. Okay, wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'd say you're comfortable in your hands. I like, yeah, no, I like my hands. I think they look weird with short nails, but when my nails are a bit longer, they look nicer. But it's just, I think my hair is quite dark in general, which I'll probably say a lot. But, so yeah. obviously see like the hair on my arm. Okay. Go a tiny bit onto my hands. So that's Which quite, I didn't love. So that's quite a big insecurity for you. Yeah, just like hair in general. Yeah. But like I'm, we'll get onto that. Yeah. My hair's blonde and fine. Yeah. So I don't really... I know. But like, <laughs> I grow up, my upper hair is not blonde and fine. My like, no, like, hair like. Really, right. yeah. I find that really interesting, actually, how outfit hair is like the completely different colour to like, no matter what you have, hair you yeah. have. I swear it's always like a dark colour, unless you're like ginger. Yeah. If you're ginger, it's ginger. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I don't actually know. No, I think it is. But yeah, I. Don't mind. I grow up my upper hair just because I like pissing people off. But yeah, hair's never been a really, I haven't really had to worry about it. Like, shaving my legs is annoying because, like, my hair's not that fine. Like, you can see yeah, no. if I have hairy legs. And sometimes I shave if I can be bothered. And then if I can't be bothered, I don't shave. Mm-hmm. So it's not really been like a massive kind of. Thing I'm I've glad had to that, worry like, about. shaving in general has become a lot less Still expected. Yeah. yeah. Because. It's a pain in the arse. It is a pain in the arse, and you can cut yourself. I cut oh myself God. really badly on my ankle once, and I have a massive scar. Really? see. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, that whole thing. <gasps> I cut. Oh. And it hurt, because obviously, that's where I'm moving my ankle. Anyway, sorry, oh. Manny. You can't see that. Just just like fucking up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, I've had little cuts. I get cuts on yeah. my knees, and... And also the fact that, oh, cool. So you've got to the the stereotype of shaving your legs, but now your legs have to stay perfect. Like yeah. they can't have bumps because there's the whole strawberry skin thing mm-hmm. where you get... I don't think it's ingrown hairs because it's literally just like every... It's like a bunch of them on your legs, but it's yeah. just like little red dots from where irritation happens because you're not meant to shave your legs. Yeah. Like physically. Same with shaving like your vagina as well yeah like it's so difficult to get like perfect and I think that's exactly annoying that it's expected Mm -hmm. and yeah so hair hands, don't like my feet no I've never liked my feet no I think my feet are like really stupidly wide okay and there's like a whole part of my feet if I cover up there's nothing actually that it's not like I'm covering up a toe or something Okay, I'm fully just covering up, like, a part of my feet, and if that was gone, I'd be fine. Okay. There was this one time I was wearing socks, actually. I was at a friend's house, and I was wearing a pair of their socks just because I didn't bring any. Yeah. And I was like, these socks make my feet seem really skinny, and I like my feet at the moment. Interesting. Did you keep them? No. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't like my feet. Never liked my stomach. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that, because, actually, I watched a video once where it was like my stomach looks like this because this is my uterus Uterus. yeah and this is because then i did look in the mirror and i was like wait a minute i do have that like i wouldn't say bulge Mm -hmm. but i do have that like (laughs) (laughs) protrudingness (laughs) because yeah because that is my uterus like in my stomach i can't no matter how much working out i will do yeah it's not like that can just go away because that's an organ yeah, I get it. But then how do people have flat stomachs? Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, I think it is a thing. You can see it still. Yeah. But I think half the time they're flexing. Yeah. That's a good because point. obviously, flat, how many flat stomachs do you see on a daily basis? I see a lot on TikTok. Exactly. So this is why but people are like flexing think, and like yeah. trying to make their body look as good as possible. I just remember being younger. I think maybe when I was like, I don't know, I'm not yeah. even nine. I just remember literally I remember it was like a daily thought of me cutting off the fat of my stomach with your yeah. yeah, and same with like my thighs and my calves because I used to just grab a chunk of my stomach and think if I could, could just so much could <laughs> just cut it off and then just sew it together, my life would be perfect. Yeah, and it's so funny how big of a responsibility we put on becoming skinny, and then. Even though we do it, like, in a jokey way, how then, like, that would fix everything in your life. Yeah. If I I was, like, smaller, everything in my life would be fine. In it. But it wouldn't be. You think about, if you want people to like you, like, find you attractive, Mm -hmm. you aren't even considered if you aren't skinny. No. Like, obviously, you are people date people who aren't skinny. It's, like, a massive part of people finding you attractive is looking skinny. Is having like the perfect body. And it's the perfect body differs for everyone. So there is no perfect body. Yeah. Even if we all did the same thing. Yeah. Like at the same food, did the same mm-hmm. exercise, we'd all look different. I think that's the most frustrating thing as well because you can do as much. Yeah. As you can starve yourself the whole day. You can exercise the whole day and not eat. You can do all those things and it's not going to change. Put so much effort into it and then yeah. just, you get nothing out of it. <clears throat> In like the short term anyway. Like probably, I know that if you the whole calorie deficient thing, it takes at least like three months for that to actually kick in Mm -hmm. and start to see physical effects. It's just... And it's not like that will last. Yeah, exactly. At point you're going to get hungry to the point where you want to eat more. It's just exhausting having that thought in your head all the time, just constantly circling around. I need to look skinny. I need to look skinny. Like I think about my weight almost every second of the day. I can't really like not... Like I think about it when even I'm just sitting down with my family watching TV, I think about how I look right now. Oh, my thighs probably look so massive sitting down right now. Just constantly thinking about how I'm being perceived, even mm. if I'm not being perceived yeah. by anyone. I think the older you get, the more. I was talking to my mom about this, but like the more comfortable you get with your body, mm. because I was talking to my mom and she said that when she hit thirty. She just accepted, not necessarily loved her body and, like, self-love, but, like, she accepted her body and that's the way it is. And she's fine with it because she knows that it's not going to change. Yeah. I think, yeah, that is just acceptance, isn't it? Which is sad because it, one, because it took so long, and two, because you've only accepted it because you can't see a way that you can change it or you feel like you still need to change it, but you can't. Yeah, for sure. I think a massive part of worrying about being perceived, I do this a lot, is check your reflection in every... Constantly. Every opportunity you get, every window you pass. Like It's so funny because so many people call me vain on a daily basis. Just because I'm constantly looking at myself in a mirror. No, seriously. I, because half of it is because I think I'm fit as fuck, but the other half <laughs> is because I'm so insecure. Yeah. It's like the two extremes, isn't it? It's just I'm having a good day. I will look at myself in the reflection because I enjoy looking yeah. at myself. In and I'm reflection. like, damn. But then other days I will look and think, oh, fuck, why, why does my hair look like yeah. that? Or why does my face look like that? Why can't this just do this? Why? Yeah. Just constantly checking yourself, like mm. constantly body checking. And then it's annoying because as soon as I figured out that, like, the way you look in the mirror is actually inverted from the way that you look and look live. Yeah, fuck that. That screwed <laughs> me over for a Because that's the whole thing with looking at your front camera and looking at your back camera, isn't it? Because the back camera is how you actually look because it's not inverted. Can we please talk about (laughs) what other photos candid? candids? Can we talk about how problematic candid candid photos are? Okay, so I think there are three candid photos of me that I... I actually found one the other day, which I like. The rest make me want to die. Yeah. I think because also when I take candid photos of other people and show them, I then go out my way to say, you don't look like this. Don't worry, you don't look like this. This isn't how you look like this. Because when you take a photo, it's literally a millisecond that they yeah. caught. And honestly, you don't look like that the whole time. I agree. Like, it, you just, to, you just have to accept at one point, you don't look like the photo is. Or you don't look good in every second. do. No. You can be photogenic, but you don't have to be... Like, perfect 24 7 in all the photos. Yeah, I agree. And some people just aren't photogenic and they're really like attractive in real life. Because I feel like personally, I'm not photogenic. I, as much as it might piss off someone else to like for to know me and then for me to say that, but I I, feel like not at all photogenic. Yeah, I guess. I don't think you're photogenic. Thank you. That's okay. Validating me. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't think I'm photogenic. No, I think you are. Really? Yeah, no, I think you are. Because the amount of times I've taken a photo of you... You're the only person who's taken good kind of photos of me. Thank you. It's just cool. There is one, another one of me at school, but that is the only one. Yeah. And that was when I was, like, trying to look nice. I also feel, okay, the pressure to... So, if you like someone, mm-hmm. changing your type personality to fit them. Yeah. I do that a lot. Yeah. And also... I always used to do this thing with myself to get me into acting perfect is imagining someone that you either really or someone that you value a lot as just a friend constantly watching you through a security camera somewhere. Oh, that's so. Or there's always someone that you adore, like it could be a celebrity that is just, there's constantly a security camera somewhere on you, even when you're like getting changed in your bedroom. Even when you're showering. To like make the constant constantly... need to act perfect so you get used to acting perfect. as like just a thing. And I did that for so long. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Like, I used to think like, what if has a camera in my room right yeah. now and I literally look like this? You're not even concerned about the idea of Someone would have watching you, you in your bedroom. Like, I'm concerned about how you look. That's how fun creepy that is. I would end up changing my whole, my music interests. Uh-huh. My, is it, everything change? My interests in general, how I look, how I come across, how much I post on social media, what I post on social media. No. Trying to be mysterious or outgoing or like I have a lot of friends or I don't have any friends and I just keep to myself. Like completely changing all these things just to get this person to like me. And then afterwards, like whether that worked or not i find if it doesn't work i end up thinking more about them and what i did wrong yeah like it's a lot of self-blame that we put on ourselves like some because of someone else's feelings sometimes people just don't don't like you sometimes people just don't like you no matter what you can do you can't change you can't change that because even if you are even if you even if you think you're the being the perfect person for them (laughs) They just might not like you, and that is okay. Because, in one aspect, they won't just be able to see through the bullshit that you're yeah. trying to portray to them. And, like, sometimes I'll be thinking, What did I do wrong? Yeah. How can I be better? How, yeah. like, how can I make myself better? It's if, constant, you know self improvement, but for all the wrong reasons. Definitely. I think if things do just fizzle out, you're left thinking, who am I? Like, yeah. how, what interest do I have? What was I what to do, begin with? What yeah. do I enjoy doing? And what kind of person am I now? Because you've been so consumed by this person, by this fake person that you wanted to be to impress mm-hmm. someone else. And now you have no idea who you are. Yeah. I think it's so it's so heartbreaking feeling that feeling of just, oh, I've literally changed everything for this person to get nothing out of it. And it's sometimes such, such a conscious thing. Like, yeah. You don't even mean to do it and then you end up, just completely losing yourself. Yeah. Because I always use the um, analogy of a blank canvas and like how I felt like, how was it? It was like everyone was born with a painting and that painting was them and their personality and they were just always that painting. But then I felt like I was born as like this blank canvas and that every time I met someone, aspects of their painting would come onto my painting. I and with pe- that No, and I just go from like person to person and every time I met someone, you take aspects I take of aspects of them like whether they liked it or not and all of a sudden you're like a makeup of and I'm just a mess like as I'm, for the longest time I'm, I'm just a mess, mess. <laughs> like I felt for the longest time that I was just like a mix of so many different people yeah I didn't even know where to start to look for myself yeah and that is such a that all comes into being perceived as well because you want to be you idolize these people so much or maybe you fancy these people so much that you want to be so perfect for them mm-hmm. You want to be perceived as perfect yeah. by them that you completely lose yourself in the process. 100%. Okay, so another insecurity that I've had occasionally throughout my life is skin. Yeah. My skin has never really been that bad. I remember mean, I had a fringe in your ear and you don't even want to talk about. Oh my God, a no fringe. No, it's like I just came out of a fringe state. So, <laughs> <my> fringe is <laughs> the, the most freeing thing <laughs> to not have one. My ginger fringe <laughs> with a bob. Um, oh, and at I, I, stage in it. We don't talk oh, about no. it. But yeah. I had acne on my forehead because of the fringe. It was a chunky fringe. Yeah. And I cut it myself. Yeah. So that gave me acne on my forehead for a bit, but it was that like fungal acne. It sounds yeah, but I, like, I know it's bumps. bumps that you can't pop. Exactly. Because there's nothing there. It's just bumps. Dry shampoo, not dry shampoo, anti-dandruff shampoo fixes that. Oh my God. Yeah. If you get like head and shoulders. Yeah. Preferably one that doesn't have perfume in it. Yeah. But like, if you do a little like face mask with like anti-dandruff shampoo, it fixes it. Okay. Tip. It works. I didn't know that. Yeah. And yeah, and then other times, so after I got rid of, that was a big insecurity of mine for a while. And then after I got rid of that, I had every now and then I get spots on my cheek or I just get one wha- big spot sometimes around my nose because it's like an anxiety thing. I think like I touch my nose a lot, just the outsides of my nose. And obviously, yeah, that means I get spots around there. Yeah. And that was quite a big insecurity of mine as well, because I think like skin is really not talked about enough. It's like having clear skin is just such an expect, you just expect to have clear skin. Just absolutely perfect. Yeah. And it's so difficult. It's so easy to Photoshop perfect skin as well. Is it? Yeah. yeah I guess it's like... Um, you just airbrush it. Or like filters or... Yeah, because repair. it... Like when you just airbrush like a picture, it keeps all the toning. So obviously yeah. you don't just look like you have a face that's just one solid colour. Mm. It keeps the toning. It just gets rid of any impurity. Yeah, blemishes. Yeah. I know you have, have problems with yours. Yeah. So I actually found out I had an another thing which doesn't help okay so go ahead. yeah so I suffer from dermatillomania which I it affects one in 20 people whether they know they have it or not I didn't know I had it until ugh, when did I So again, yeah, I was gonna ask you what age did you figure out what age did you start explain what it is first okay so dermatillomania is an impulsive skin picking disorder where it normally affects people that have OCD so it's like a subcategory to OCD and it basically just means subconsciously you're constantly looking for impurities on your skin. Normally you have like specific areas which mine was like my forehead still kind of is yeah also like the tops of my arms and then it could be like your back or your thighs or your legs. There's some really serious cases which I used to look at just to scare myself because oh my- this woman had to get her legs amputated. Because she, she, it was so bad. So it can be a very serious thing. But I think for me, it's not too serious. Yeah. Because I found ways to obviously not get infections from it. To use like the skin tools instead of using my fingers, which obviously as much as like you clean your hands, there's obviously still going to be like germs on your nails and that. So what age did you start? I started at 13. I literally, as soon as I got a first spot, because I think it was so... Like, put into my brain that when you got a spot, you would pop it, like, straight away. But you don't, unless it goes, like... Unless you get, like, a whitehead or something. So, obviously, it was just, like, a little under-the-skin one. Right. Immediately, I was like, cool. I know what i got to (laughs) do. But I was also going through a lot of stress at that time. So, I think that also triggered it. But I didn't realise I had what I had... Until I think it was, it must have been late fifteen. Okay, because I, it's not talked about anywhere. It was so hard to find information about it because I would type in like, "Why do I pick my skin? Why do I like feel the need to do this?" Yeah, and it's not talked about. It's not talked about. A lot of digging to figure out what was. I have found some good people on that. If you need. Yeah, references. Let, Let me back and I pop into my idea. like, I got you. Because it's not talked about. And honestly, yeah. it's such it's such a thing that you need to talk about yeah. with someone because I've talked about it so much to you and you've probably been like, what the fuck? I completely don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> but it's so therapeutic to actually talk about it. I remember just being a bit confused because obviously it's an insecurity you had because it leads to your skin being quite bad. Yeah, so it makes you think because it's it, constantly having scabs yeah. on my face, and then they also get. I think I've had a few infections with them. Yeah, but I've obviously I've got like antibacterial wipes I constantly have now just in okay. case. Okay. So you kind of would you say that's your OCD kind of playing into it as well? Because whilst you're faced with this, yeah, it, because one reason why I do it subconsciously is because I know that I have something that's not meant to be there. Yeah. So, I'm constantly looking in my face for things that aren't meant to be there. Yeah. And as soon as I find something like a spot, yeah, I just want to get it out straight away. So, I would go to any lengths, like trigger warning blood. (laughs) (laughs) That's so many times. Cause when you do it, it lasts like I've had episodes that last hours of me just standing in front of the mirror with a flashlight, like my phone flashlight or something, and then just these tools, which obviously. Like one side is like a needle yeah. and the other side is a circle thing and just did that for hours just digging out my face and then you snap out of it because while you're doing it you realise that you're doing it and you're like okay I need to stop this is getting really bad. I can see that I'm like actually making this really bad now yeah. like it's not just oh I'm just gonna get rid of this and then call it a day because I'm now searching. They are genuinely and they become like wounds in yeah. actual face. Yeah. And then, but, like, at the same time, some, like, a lot of people deal with this but don't have clean hand. Like, it's more kind of repulsive. Yeah. They just pick out face. Yeah. But whereas I think maybe that is your OCD playing into it, making sure everything's clean and that kind of stuff, yeah. Because you just don't really... And then as soon as you step out of it, there's, the, con- there's the, the regret. Yeah. Like, automatic regret of being like, what the fuck did I just do to my face? Yeah. It restricted me from going out with people at points because... I just had such massive wounds on my face. You've seen it, it's worst, when I just, it was constantly just red and inflamed. And And it's almost like a self-inflicted insecurity as well, which is why it's so complicated. Because a lot of people think it's, when they just know a little bit about it, they think it's like a form of self-harm. Yeah. Because obviously you are harming yourself, but it's not categorized as self-harm because you're not doing it. With the intention to cause harm upon yourself. Yeah. You're doing it because you can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, you didn't want to leave the house. No, yeah. So it would it would be like, because you're constantly, because people would always ask, what did you do to your face? Because I always say it's like a, it's a natural thing to be like, oh, you've hurt yourself. How did you hurt yourself? Because they weren't wounds that looked like acne. Yeah. It was wounds that looked like deep gashes in my face. So people would ask and I wouldn't know how to react because it's not something that you can really say, oh, I did this to myself. Yeah. And then they'll be like, oh, and then you'd have to get into it and you'd have to get into everything about it. And to begin with, it was a really sensitive subject for me because it's something that's hard to talk about. But yeah, it's just, it's hard to know what to respond to because obviously if you're like, oh, I just have dermatillomania. Then you have to explain. You have to explain what it is and like, is such an unknown thing that it's not something that you can just say and then go on with. Do you think it's also because the reason, one of the reasons you have this, is because OCD runs in your family? Yeah, because obviously it is like a subcategory of it. So I think just the fact that I have it in general, because yeah, it runs. In. It just runs. Yeah, so, OCD just because I have it. My sister has it. Okay. It's like females so, in my family. Female, so every generation. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Which is one reason why I'm worried to have kids because I know how hard OCD is for me. I don't think it's, I don't know how it affects like my sister. I know it affects my mum pretty bad in the ways of she has to do things multiple times. So like okay. she, I can't. It was like a whole running joke that like eight o'clock my kitchen closed. So then I couldn't go into my kitchen after eight o'clock because my mum had finished in the kitchen and got up to bed okay. so that I couldn't go down and go into the kitchen because she had gone in there, she'd closed the fridge, she'd closed the cupboards, she's turned off all the lights, she's turned off everything. So she knows everything else is off. So if I was to go down there, then she'd constantly be worrying that, oh, did she turn off Met that thing? Up. Did she? Yeah. So that's how it affects my mum. It probably does in other ways. Mine is this. Yeah. This is like one of the main ones. So and it affects think- me. In. That's why I'm worried to have kids, because I don't want to give it to them knowing how badly it's affected me. Yeah. And like, I don't know if it's just going to worse, because I, I have it more like my aunt has it, actually. Okay. Because she is... She has, like, the most stereotypical way you want to clean everything. She's constantly, like, you go into her house and it just smells of bleach. Okay. Or, like, you go into your house, pop around for a cup of tea, and she's, like, cleaning the bathroom. Yeah. And it's just constant cleaning for her. Okay. Yeah. Do you think this has majorly affected how you feel like you're perceived by other people. Yeah, 100 percent Because it's just like a constant thing that you have to worry about. And it's on your face. It's right on my face. It's, it's where people are looking because I have it on the tops of my arms. <clears throat> so obviously that's that can be more hidden. And now in the summer, and like for prom Yeah. It's something because I think I had a fringe. And one of the reasons why I did get a fringe to begin with was one because I wanted to be like someone else Mm -hmm. and I was doing it because they had a fringe and I wanted to be them and it was the whole thing of just copying people and the other reason was just to hide my forehead yeah because I I just it'd gotten so bad and I was getting so many questions and I was like what if I just cover it up and I was only really doing it on my forehead at that point but then it just made it worse because obviously when you have a fringe it gets like your forehead gets greasy or whatever yeah so then you get more acne which is more things to pick at. Yeah. which and it also meant that I, I was like it's fine if I do this because I can cover it up in normalness so it gave me like an excuse to do it so I think when I got rid of my friend partly part of the reason was just because I wanted to start healing yeah and I wanted to start like making a positive change so it kind of gives you like less of a reason Yeah, so I don't have an excuse to do it and I know how badly it's going to affect my mental health Mm -hmm. and I know that it's going to hurt, like, after I do it. Because it's weird as well because you don't realise how... You'd think it would hurt more than it Mm -hmm. does because the amount of times, how, like, deep the wounds are. Yeah. And it just doesn't hurt anymore when you're, like, doing it. Yeah. Do you think... Do you... How was the best, like... How did you stop? Yeah. Have you stopped? I haven't stopped. I think I think it's more of a thing of finding different places to do it. So finding your brain's constantly trying to find different ways to cover it up. Yeah. So obviously now that I have my fringe gone, I my brain doesn't really want me doing it on my forehead as much. So instead I'll do it on like the tops of my arms, which Do you get acne on the tops of your arms? I have this is what I was gonna say. I have this thing called it's shortened to KP but i can't let me re- let me search it up. okay it's called keratosis pilaris keratosis <laughs> pilaris keratosis pilaris and but it's just like you have an excess your skin produces more keratin than it should right so then you get just like little bumps on your arms okay so then so on the you can get it like on your legs and your arms i get some on the side of my cheeks which is why because obviously in pictures of people, of like clear skin, they always yeah. have smooth cheeks. Yeah. And like their cheeks have nothing on them. Because obviously because of this, I have like little bumps on my cheek, like it's textured. Yeah. So the yeah, the tops of my arms are like pre textured like that. Which obviously as soon as my dermatillomania found, yeah. <laughs> it was like, great, gold mine. Which is the worst thing you can do for that condition is pick at it. But obviously, I can't help it, like, I'll be laying in bed. Oh, it's called skin grazing. So it's when you subconsciously, you don't realise you're doing it, but you're just kind of, like, feeling around. I might just be sitting there watching something, and I'll realise that my hands are, like, feeling around my forehead oh, or something. Okay. Or I'll realise my, like, hands are, like, feeling my cheeks or feeling the tops of my arms, and then, like, feeling something and then stop picking at it. And then I'll be like... cuz so it's always, like, subconscious. Yeah, it's 100% subconscious. Like, you just don't realise you're doing it. Yeah. And it, Yeah, it's not great. So you haven't, like, fully been able to find no. a way to stop? It's... I think it's something that is literally untreatable. Yeah. Because it's such a subconscious thing. It's, I think if you were to take medical... I can't remember if there's, like, a certain medication you can take to reduce OCD. But I feel like if there was one, then taking that would help reduce this as well. Okay. But... I've, it's not something like, I don't know, like bipolar. You could just take yeah. some medication and be okay. Or like depression. <laughs> it's, I don't know, mm. more difficult to go a nose and tree. Because there's such little information on the internet as well. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, how do you fix it? There's people say that if you have like a fidget toy, so instead of like finger like grazing or whatever, like skin grazing, you would play with like a fidget toy or something. Like, what are they called? The... Uh, spinning things or like the poppet layers yeah. and then you just play with that instead of letting yourself skin graze or you'd they do these things where it's like when you, yeah. and you have the little like covers for the tops of your like fingers symbols but like they're made out of silicone right so they like go around the tops of your fingers and you just wear them on all your fingers It's stuffy, really weird to see but obviously you then can't feel your skin when you're yeah. raising so Okay. So there are, are like little methods, but there's nothing that's like set in stone. Yeah. Because even the people that I see online that there's this woman that is called like Kim on Skin or something. And she's like really good. She talks about it a lot. But even she, there's no cure. Yeah. I think one thing is just reducing how much acne you would get, especially if you don't on your face. So determined to get rid of acne so then you can stop doing it there. But I think it's, I also do it with my lips sometimes, like just picking up my lips, which I think is more common. I do like, like more common, like the inside of my cheek. Yeah. It's much more common than people think. I think it's just different ways of showing. Yes. Yeah, and different varieties uses, of how bad it gets. So to close off, to close off, I wanted to ask you what advice you have for people who. Maybe are quite insecure or have worries about how they're perceived. Yeah, I think it all is like a matter of time because yeah. I used to be really insecure about my thighs and how big they were, and then it became a trend to have big thighs. You, so then I became less insecure about that. But I think it's more just I think it's understanding that you're not alone and that all the things you're doing, if you're comparing yourself and you find yourself making yourself a copy mm-hmm. of someone that you idolize, that is normal. And a lot of people go through that and you shouldn't have to feel like yourself isn't enough. But if you feel like you don't really know who you are yet at such a young age, it's okay to experiment with other people's personalities and see how that looks on you. And it's the thing of, I think one thing that really helped me is just like following people. If you are going to indulge in influencers and that kind of thing, finding other people that have the same body type as me. Yes, I do. And that look the same as me. If positive if you're maybe for are example transparent show all aspects of their life. If you're insecure about wearing bikinis and stuff, yeah. follow accounts that maybe are have bigger bodies or more similar bodies to you, really? and see them confidently wearing bikinis on on social media without caring about what their body looks like. Mm-hmm. If that's just an example, but it's indulging in media that is more positive, yeah. rather than stuff and noticing what is negative yeah obviously you can enjoy other people's and like support other creators that don't look like you yeah it's right. not like that's a crime or anything no. but just know that if it makes they you, don't look the same as you exactly and if it makes you like uncomfortable or insecure there is nothing wrong with blocking creators yeah. just because you don't want to see them come up exactly that exactly offended by the fact that you're taking care of your mental health they probably don't even know exactly and it's better than hating on their accounts as yeah. well for having a body that you idolize. It's like, for me, it would be if I see someone come up on my TikTok who my ideal body type, but mm-hmm. I know it's unachievable without me dipping back into those unhealthy habits. Yeah, It's about blocking that account or like getting the, what's the word, the, not the system, the like algorithm, algorithm <laughs> to, the stereotype, <laughs> getting the algorithm to feed into what, you like so liking posts that aren't necessarily body posts or anything like that yeah i think also one thing for me was just at the end of the day realizing that your body is just a vessel yeah that you are stuck with like you're you don't choose to look like this this is just how you were put here to look like and that you're not your body like you are not your body you're a whole person underneath your body (laughs) for real for real. Maybe that we should just shouldn't add <laughs> a ending to that quirk. Just you and I, your body. all day. <laughs> Thank you so much for, Thank you. for having me, Freya. I think this is such a beneficial conversation to have, I think it's yeah. really important for people. Therapeutic for us. Yeah. I think, I hope that anything we talked about maybe if you relate to it, we hope you don't have to relate to some of this. Like but at the same time, I feel like comforting the fact that you're not alone, and yeah. and you feel recognised. Yeah. Or any feelings you're feeling are normal. And yeah, we are always here if you need to talk. In it. Slide so into us now. Exactly. For real. So yeah, thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And don't forget to give five, five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Star rating. On. Spotify and then on Apple Podcasts I don't don't even know how Apple Podcasts works I don't realise Apple Podcasts existed do the good stuff on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you listen to to your podcast exactly share it around if you think someone could benefit from this episode then yeah 100% send it straight their way yeah we think people would benefit from hearing these conversations being had yeah so yeah thank you so much for listening bye